Hey there, I'm Christopher Schoenwald, and welcome to Life As A, a show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a fashion designer? You know, have your own line of clothing, your own brand? Well, you're in luck. I have this great guest lined up, an up-and-coming fashion designer. In this conversation, we get into a bunch of things. I mean, where he's at, he's 22 years old, just 22 starting this brand. Our conversation touches on a number of topics, you know, practical elements of what it's been like learning to sew, learning to put together your own line of clothing. We also dive into the meaning behind all of this. You know, what has this journey meant to him so far? And of course, I mean some of the major, major rewards and little wins along the way also. And yeah, I mean, I think you're really going to enjoy this. This conversation, to me at least, it represents this other side of this world of fashion design, right? Like most of the stories, most of the narratives always come out at the end where somebody's riding high on top of the world where everybody knows their brand. Well, here's a story where somebody is just starting out and what is that like? And I think for anyone who maybe has dreams such as this, you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. You're going to get practical elements of what it takes, but also too, you're going to hear, you know, some of the visioning, the ideas, some of the challenges, like I said, some of the rewards. So stick around. I think you're really going to enjoy this talk. Ian Urquhart is an Arizona-based model as well as founder and creative director of a new clothing brand. His line, Ignis Clothing, is all about representation, creativity, and being bold. Now, despite Ian being just 22 years old, he and his work have been attracting attention. Aside from doing hits with news media outlets, Ian has his first runway show scheduled for New York Fashion Week in September. His brand, Ignis Clothing, is focused on dismantling perfectionism in order to promote free thinking and artistry. Ignis itself means fire in Latin and fits the metaphor of creative thought, being a bit like the spread of flames, sometimes unpredictable, yet all the same, an incredible tool if harnessed in the right way. Now, despite being a fairly new entrant to the fashion space, he has seasonal clothing drops that he designs and prints himself. Further, Ian also donates 25% of his profits to the Hansen Foundation of Education, which is an organization focused on building classrooms for children in Kenya. So with all that stated, here's my conversation with Ian Urquhart. How are you doing today, Ian? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Really excited for it. I mean, for a lot of different reasons. I think your story is quite compelling. So uh, we're primed for a good talk today. Yeah. With all that in mind, I do have the first segment lined up, something called Coloring Wikipedia. And as my listeners know, basically a segment where I just read off a definition of the work that the guest does. And uh, I do it for a couple of reasons. One, just to, to add some zest to, to what this work is all about. Sometimes these Wikipedia definitions hit, sometimes they're completely off. So I do have you down here for fashion design. I'm going to forewarn you, it is a really vague and fairly general sort of look at what you do. But uh, let me read that off and then maybe you can comment after. Does that sound all right? Yeah. All right, perfect. Here we go. So fashion design. Fashion design is the art of applying design, aesthetics, clothing construction, and natural beauty to clothing and its accessories. It is influenced by culture and different trends and has varied over time and place. There it is. Really, really simple, really basic. But 
first take. What do you think of that, Ian? I mean, I feel like that's pretty accurate. You know, yeah, fashion design is definitely about culture, how it applies to different aspects of what people wear. But I also think where it falls short is fashion design also encompasses like functionality within garments. So like if you have these pair of pants that you wish had, you know, a special pocket for something specific to you, that's something that could be included in the definition of fashion design. It's just designing something that also has function as well as beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. And I like that point of, you know, functionality, of course, but then also linking up to culture and culture being this this concept or this construct that's constantly moving. It's constantly like evolving, right? So like it right. makes sense that fashion's evolving to kind of fit that as well. And uh, it's, it's probably what makes it as exciting as it is, especially for people like yourself who are involved with it, because it's, it's constantly a moving target, you know, as far as like your interpretation of culture on one hand, and then how you're representing that within the clothing that you're designing as well. Right. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. I do have this other segment really quickly here too, a day in the life. And I'd be really curious to hear about, you know, when you're immersed in your world of designing new lines or, or clothing, you know, what takes the most amount of your time? Like, what are you fully immersed in when it comes to that? Maybe you could run through, you know? Yeah. So usually it's just, uh, a lot of research but then the other part of that is actual designing and uh garment construction so with the designing part what you have to do is just like gather a whole bunch of inspiration and then you design one thing and then you have to keep building off of that to find other things that you might not have thought would look that great but in the end might surprise you as well. So that's that's one of the things with designing is just you got to you got to keep doing it. Really really quickly, sorry to interrupt there. Getting back to that point of researching. You know, what what does that mean for you? Like what does that entail? So if there's something that inspires me, say it's like, I don't know, here's an example because it was just spring break. Like if I want to design something for spring break, I'll do research on like maybe a specific time period in Miami. So like 90s Miami spring break vibes or something like that. And then I'll Google that and then find some images that I like. And then, yeah, just keep going down that rabbit hole of just like, oh, maybe there was really cool thing over here in Miami in the 90s but also what about over here in Mexico uh during the 2000s like you just gotta explore your options I guess and then design based off of that so you'd be looking at things like the actual designs during that era as well as maybe like color patterns kind yep. of yeah just going back to the culture thing too it's like you gotta go with what was happening at that time. Also just like the colors that were key factors in outfits and just like what people were actually doing. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I think a lot of people maybe have these dreams 
perhaps of like, well, it'd be great to get into fashion at some point, right? Or maybe if they're interested in that. But as far as like really diving into it and understanding what goes into it, I mean, you're, you're talking about, like I said, like these elements of culture and then the research of, of kind of pulling all these different elements together. But then also too, I mean, if you're, you're going outside of your own culture, then you have to somehow combine it all in such a way that it's going to resonate with your you know, target consumer here within, you know, within the States, I suppose, or wherever else you're targeting, you know? So it's, it's pulling all these elements together and not only that, the fashion, but then the point in the Wikipedia definition of functionality as well. Like what do people need out of the clothing? What do they want? What are they demanding? You know, there's, there's a lot of different balls up in the air that you're trying to juggle. It sounds like to me. Yeah, definitely. Every, just like every day, it's something new that's coming out of, the woodwork and inspiring me in some way to either design for function or for the other part of fashion. So, okay. So as far as that, that research element, you know, we, we spoke about that a little bit now. And then also outside of that, you know, what other elements of, I don't know, of your day are consumed by, you know, trying to get this brand going and and then launched? Yeah. So Usually it's the construction part. So right now I'm in my, I like to call it the atelier. It's, it's a garage, but <laughs> um, I like to call it. It sounds better. I, li- I like the first. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so usually I'm in here just going crazy on the sewing machine for about maybe like five hours, almost not daily, but on some days it is that long. Oh, so you're putting it all together yourself then you're constructing at for, least the first. for this fashion show that's coming up yes yeah a lot of the stuff in the past has been screen printing they'll do a lot but yeah the, for this next show i really want to focus on what i can do with my hands on the sewing machine so wow i mean it's already interrupt here but i mean like that skill when when did that develop i mean was that something that's been fairly recent or how, how did that come about when I first started the brand, I did a little bit of sewing, but I wasn't really interested in that part. I was really interested in the screen printing part. So I had a little bit of experience there. And then I took some fashion classes and yeah, I had to do some sewing in there too. So it just kind of built off that initial experience that I had. And then recently is when it really started to like, actually come together into this thing that I can actually accomplish and make a garment with. So, yeah. 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 I could see that being like being involved in that aspect of it. You, you're really seeing all those elements coming together. I suppose the research that we were just speaking of, you know, some mm-hmm. of those feelings, your own inspiration, and you are literally piecing it together mm-hmm. <laughs> literally. Right. Like, and once it is done, once it is completing, you're holding that up. Like there's got to be a degree of fulfillment in seeing something. Oh like yeah, that. like from start to finish, like you've just created something out of thin air, right? Like that did not exist mm-hmm. prior to your, you know, thoughts and imagination and bringing right. this all together. It's a representation of all that. So outside of that, I mean, I, we're going to get into it later. I think I have a question yeah. lined up here as far as like the the marketing of it and whatnot. But in your day to day, I'd imagine that fits in there as well yeah i usually try to make at least one or two posts a day on instagram and then with tiktok it's it's a little bit difficult for me i'm not gonna lie because 
Um, if I'm the one that's making all the garments, I don't, there's no one to film. So, you know, TikTok is usually here and there, but yeah, Instagram is where I put my main, my main focus. Got it. Yeah. Awesome. We'll make sure to have the links in the, uh, in the show notes so people can check all this out. So, all right. Well, maybe on that note, we could uh, slide into another segment here in something called pathways. And this is a segment where I just aim to illustrate, you know, how people make their way into the work that they do. And <laughs> off the top, I introduced to listeners, I mean, you're, you're 22. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're, you're starting out in the world of, you know, yep. entrepreneurship and professionalism and everything else, which I think makes this segment, you know, ultra compelling, you know, to hear a little bit more about. So maybe we could start with your interest in fashion. Like, was that something right. that you recognized early on in yourself that you were interested in? Or did that sort of evolve out of your modeling career? Or maybe, maybe you could fill us in on, on all of that. Yeah, so uh, there was this one point uh, during high school, or actually middle school, um, where everybody was wearing these Nike Elite socks. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Um, yeah, I have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Dating yeah, myself so, a little here, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was one of the bigger like trends during that time was the Nike Elite socks. And I tried to make outfits going around those socks that I was wearing. And then after that, it turned into shoes. I got really into shoes for a while, like Jordans and all of those types of shoes. Yeah. And, uh, then after a while of that, I was like, I have all these shoes, but none of these outfits that I have really go with them. So then I started to see a shift into more of the clothing rather than just the shoes. So that's kind of where it started with fashion, for me at least. And then, yeah, during that era is when I started realizing, oh, shoot, I should start making my own clothes and then go from there so yeah that's kind of where ignis started was from me making my own outfits and then getting inspired by other people actually making their own clothes and then saying why, why can't i do it so yeah it kind of strikes me as this like this this awareness perhaps at some point you know, where it started to develop that like, well, this is something that I enjoy, you know, and mm -hmm. then also beyond that, like, w you know, how could I put my stamp on things? You know, how could I design something? And maybe as well, I I'm curious, like whether it became like a challenge issue for, for you as well. Like sometimes with entrepreneurs are like, well, this is mm -hmm. what's available, but I think I could do it better. Or I think I could put a different sort of slant on it all. Was that something that entered your mind as well? Not really. It was more of like, I want to make something that's for me with my own brand on it. And it doesn't really matter if anybody else wears it. Yeah. And then it sort of just spiraled out from there. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Interesting. I also understand too, again, this is something I introduced to, to people off the top is that you also have a social cause attached to your brand, Ignis, where you're mm -hmm. donating a significant amount of proceeds to a specific, you know, charity essentially and i'd love to hear a little bit more about that you know what what yeah. led you to to doing that and why that specific charity yeah so when i was in kenya uh what what, what year was this it must have been 2016 because ignis started right after 
Yeah, so it was the summer of 2016. Me and my mom went to Kenya through this school program. And yeah, basically what we were doing there is uh, we were teaching teaching kids in their classrooms. Of course, I noticed like not everybody is uh, as fortunate as we are. You know, like most of the classrooms had dirt floors. Um, and yeah, some some places were just a couple classrooms and it wasn't it wasn't enough for all the kids. So they had to like do three people at one desk, just stuff like that. That was that's something that really stood out to me. So then when we got back and I started Ignis, I was like, you know, we could I could um I could give back a little bit to these communities. So that's what I really wanted to do was give back to those communities that, you know, didn't have the greatest, um, you know, shirts and pants and all that stuff, but also the classrooms themselves. And yeah, the Hanson Foundation does all of that stuff. They help out with making classrooms and putting concrete floors in the classrooms that don't have floors. So yeah, that's one of the one of the things yeah, I really yeah. and it's it's a significant amount too, is twenty five percent of twenty five percent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's no joke either. So yeah, certainly a worthy cause the way you explained it there and mm-hmm. uh, makes the work that you do that much more meaningful, I would assume. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't we jump into this next segment? It's a QA discovery. We just kind of continue this back and forth. And this might be a nice point to transition into your brand itself, Ignis Clothing, to, to hear a little bit more about it as far as its vibe, you know, what it represents. Maybe you could fill listeners in on that. Yeah, Ignis is Ignis is a brand that I started just as like a school project. And back then it wasn't about like, oh, everything has to be perfect. It was just like, boom, slap a logo on a shirt and then there you go. So the whole thing behind Ignis that I kind of lost track of for a while is that you don't need to be perfect to get your ideas out there. It just has to be to the best of your ability. So that was what I really wanted to establish with this brand is that Ignis Clothing is a brand that dismantles that cycle of perfectionism to promote your creativity and yeah I just really resonate with that because I used to just struggle with trying to be perfect and get every single little detail on on the garments that I'm making but then yeah I realized like if I'm the one that's wearing this and designing it you know it doesn't have to be exactly perfect so and i want other people to to draw from that when they're creating their own stuff whether it's art music uh, other fashion designers yeah you just gotta you just gotta go for it and it doesn't really matter if it's super perfect because sometimes those imperfections can make a garment perfect in a way there's there's this one shirt that I have in mind that got printed and there was an ink spot just like right on the shoulder and like 
you're not supposed to have that when you're screen printing. But I thought I thought it added that little like, wow, this was handmade. And yeah, it just put that little detail on there. That was super nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a degree of purity in that, I would say, as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, this might be an impossible question. It's like asking an artist to describe their art when there's no visuals. <laughs> no, but like if, if you were, I mean, I'm still going to present it to you anyway. Like if you were able to paint a picture for listeners, how would you describe your, your clothing brand? Like what, like maybe in color schemes or you know mm-hmm. that, that sort of thing. I know it's a really tough question here for you, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So with my brand, it's, mostly about like comfort i make a lot of hoodies and super heavyweight t-shirts and then also i have sweatpants that i actually just made they're right behind this curtain but yeah sweatpants and then yeah i'm trying to stay away from the this like super skinny fit that we all used to used to love for some reason i don't know why we liked skinny jeans um but yeah so that's kind of what this brand is about is streetwear that's comfortable if that makes sense and to go along with that ignis is kind of a brand for creators to wear while they're creating um so i feel most creative when i'm wearing like hoodies and sweatpants that's what I really try to make as a, as a designer. And as far as, I guess, getting it out there and putting it in front of people, I've already touched upon this a little bit, social presence, I suppose, and, and, and you know, promoting the work that you do. You know, mm-hmm. I had a guest on this program. I've had a few, but uh, some artists and talents. And one was uh, an accomplished musician and mm-hmm. uh, fairly well-known in his country, but what struck me about the conversation in one particular element was that he was saying, despite being a musician, like half of his work was on the social media promotion of the actual work. So you'd think of a musician just like sinking 90% of their time into making music, right? I mean, this seems mm-hmm. logical, right? Right. But what struck me again is that he was looking at probably a 50-50 split of, you know, making the music, but then also trying to find ways to promote it, to get it in front of people. It's certainly a crowded space, the music industry, right? Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking as far as like fashion being similar in a way, right? Like how many entrants are there into the fashion space that are all vying for attention, trying to get people to buy these you know different types of clothing and whatnot. It must be a bit of a challenge. And you've already spoken that, you know, you're on Instagram and then TikTok a little bit too. I'd imagine right. like that has got to be an element that, you know, perhaps down the line, you're going to evolve into even more like putting it out, but maybe you could speak to that point for us. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a lot of my time for my brand does go into marketing, like taking pictures. Oh yeah. That's a whole nother thing is taking pictures and then having to edit them and then, and then having to post them. It's just a lot of stuff to do by yourself yeah it and it takes up a lot of time too but you know it's still something that you have to do so yeah 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 and one thing i would have to say about like creating content for your brand is like 
you just gotta do it like it doesn't matter necessarily if you're an entertaining person or not just show the people what you're creating and you know if they like it great awesome if they don't that's fine too just keep keep posting yeah i'd imagine too i mean you're you're narrowing things down as far as finding your target consumer right i mean like what's going to resonate for them eventually like it's fine it's not going to resonate for everybody and if, if you're trying to design something in that way it's never going to work right you really have to niche down and find who it's it's meant for right and here's just another thought that popped in my mind too i mean like in starting a fashion line or you know being at it for a few years now i guess you know, I'm, I'm thinking here that like it's grassroots, right? Like you're developing this with a certain set of people. I, I'm guessing like your friends would be all over this, you know, and like that sort of like word of mouth stuff just spreads, you know, as well. And then it grows out from there. Like, am, am I on anything there? Is that, does that make sense? Or is that it? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of what I do is word of mouth. So yeah, just through friends and family. And then that's kind of how it starts is just with those guys and then people will notice my friends and family wearing it and then they'll talk about it and then gradually it expands and expands but yeah that's that's another big aspect to the brand is just community so what what would you say has been the biggest challenge for you in terms of doing all of this you know making this brand concept a reality what what has been the biggest headache for you to this point biggest headache for me oh so yeah here's one so as i'm shifting towards this new chapter in my brand where it's more about the clothes and less about the screen printing that's on top of the clothes i'm looking to get stuff manufactured so i can get uh, inventory for the stuff that i design and the thing you have to do to articulate that vision to a manufacturer is create what's called a tech pack. And that's one of the things that's given me the most headaches for sure. A tech pack is basically just like a file that has the dimensions of your garment in it, the fabric choice you want, the color you want it, the like even down to the smallest details like the aglets on the little hoodie strings you're, yeah you're learning new vocab as well because i had no idea yeah. what that was ever called but there you go yeah <laughs> new every day yeah okay all right but yeah that's that's one of the things that's given me the most headaches just because you're creating something that doesn't necessarily exist so how do you find measurements for something yeah. that exists yet um, and how can you articulate that to a manufacturer? Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Like you have a vision in your mind of what you want to create, but then ensuring that that vision gets accurately put together and down into this document, essentially, mm -hmm. so that it can be, it can come to reality in the form that you want it to be. That right. must be a bit of pressure as well, I would assume. Like this is what you want and like, you know, the, the most, tiniest little details if you miss one thing it could really mm -hmm. shift or change the the vision of what you had for you know for the right the, the garment itself yeah one of the things that i've learned is that you have to be super specific too because like if you think the manufacturer would like 
kind of just know already to do something, they won't do it. Like you have to be super specific in your tech packs. If you want something to come back, that's exactly how you want it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine that being a trying process where you think you've got it all covered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back and you're like, oh, geez, I missed this or back to the drive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. When you order a sample and it doesn't come back the way you want it, you have to order another sample with the new tech pack you just made. And that gets kind of expensive too. Yeah. Because if you're doing a sample for a hundred bucks or probably even more sometimes, and then it doesn't come back the way you want it, you have to do it again. And then maybe figure out different manufacturers too. So it does, it definitely adds up. So you, you got to have those tech packs uh, down. Well, conversely here, is there anything that like when you first started getting into this, you thought like uh, this, this particular aspect of, of you know, creating this brand or this clothing line is going to be an absolute nightmare. But then actually, as you got into it, you found that yeah, actually it's not so bad. Like it's, it's totally manageable and something maybe that you've grown to like. Yeah, actually, the, the sewing part uh, was one of those things. But yeah, I just kind of forced myself at first to s- just start doing it. And then it got easier and easier. And then at the end, I had a finished garment. So then I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, the re- exactly. The reward yeah. out of that. Like I said before, I mean, it's like that physical manifestation of like all these ideas and visions and your heart being put into it and you're holding it up and there it is. There mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I could definitely see that. And I can also see how that would be fairly intimidating as well. The thought of at right. least doing something like that. Right. Learning to sew and not only learning to sew, but sewing well enough that you're creating something that's you're going to be pleased with, but others would be pleased with as well. I could see how that could be intimidating for a lot of people, but yeah. Okay. I gotcha. All right. Well, I do have one last question in this segment here and it's getting back to you as far as what this journey has come to represent again. I mean, you're, you're, you're 22, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I referenced this already, but for all intents and purposes, you're just starting off this sort of entrepreneurial journey. And so uncovering like more about who you are, you know, what drives you, your own motivations, your sense of curiosity, sense of fulfillment, all of these things must be taking shape to a certain extent. Oh, and yeah. as far as, yeah, as far as all of this, I mean, what, what have you found during this journey of, of all of this about yourself? I've just kind of found that like, I go on my own flow. I don't really like to go off of schedules and stuff like that. So it's great that I'm the only person working on my brand, but it's also like one of those things that's like, I wish I had help, but then I would have to conform to other people's schedules and consult people on what I'm designing and stuff like that. So that's one thing that I found out through this journey is like, I really like to go with my own flow. There's, there's not really a set schedule to what I do. It's just like, all right, I feel like doing some sewing today or like if the garage is messy, but I plan to sew something, I'm going to probably, you know, clean up the garage first. That's definitely one thing that's like really opened my eyes up to myself. Yeah, finding out what you like. And then also too, what struck me there is that like 
areas of growth. Like if I do want right. to take this further, eventually, like I'm going to have to find ways to conform to a certain extent if I am working with others. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're finding more about yourself and what you do enjoy. But then not only that, like here's an area where I could potentially start to like work, work on. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Anything else as far as like the your, your motivations or creativity? Um, yeah. So what really motivates me is just like, my goals really so i if you're familiar with virgil abloh he was the designer for uh or designer creative director for the men's line at louis vuitton for a while and he also has his own brand off-white or actually unfortunately had he passed away like a year year or two ago but yeah that's my main goal is to try to be at his level in the industry i don't necessarily want to work with louis vuitton but i mean i wouldn't be opposed yeah i want my brand to be kind of at the level of off-white where it was right before you know he unfortunately passed but yeah that's what really motivates me and gets me going it's like i every every little step i take towards that goal will help me in the end so yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it strikes me as being like a really personal sort of journey that you're on. Obviously, you have the business side of it, mm-hmm. but then too, like in anything, in anyone's sort of entry into the professional world, like you're constantly learning and growing and, and finding more out mm-hmm. about yourself, these drivers of motivation, what you enjoy along the way, and, and also some of the aspirations, which, you know, certainly take shape and, and you can kind of move towards some of these things in recognition of all of it. So. All right. Well, this might be a nice point for us to uh, to jump into another segment here, a water cooler story segment. As my listeners know, it's a segment where I just ask guests to indulge listeners with a story related to their work. So I'd love to hear what you have first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see a story related to my work. All right. So uh, last year, uh, me and my mom, uh, who is also my manager, my momager, I like to call it. Um, <laughs> nice. We went to New York for Fashion Week for the first time ever. And I see this one guy walk by me in this rainbow colored Louis Vuitton outfit. And I was like, I recognize you from TikTok. And he was like, no way, dude. So, yeah, we had some T-shirts from Ignis in a bag just with us as we were walking around. And we gave him one. And a couple weeks later, he goes to this Louis Vuitton uh, trunk show party. And there were photographers there taking pictures of everybody. And a couple photographers got pictures of him. And one of those photos ended up on the New York Times. So, yeah, one of my T-shirts is in the New York Times. Nice, nice. That fun interaction I had. You can barely see the shirt, just by the way. But hey, hey, it's it there. doesn't matter. It's, it's in there. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would say that's one story that's like still crazy to me to, to this yeah, day. Yeah, that's a cool one. I mean, it's validating in a way also. I mean, the fact that like he was at uh, Louis Vuitton party or something like that right so he chose to wear you know something that you've made it was good Mm -hmm. enough for that which unto itself is validating right and then not only that like getting a bit of press 
you know, seeing mm-hmm. it there, it sort of like brings your your visions of maybe what you had in mind, perhaps, you know, of, of what right. Ignis clothing represents, where you'd like to take it and seeing yep. that, yeah, there, there is a, a, a pathway for it. I mean, if it's, it's yeah. resonating with somebody like that, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that would definitely give you a boost of motivation, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely did, actually. After that, I was like, okay, I need to start posting more on social media. Yeah, yeah. leveraging that. Leverage that. That is cool. That is a cool story. Nice, yeah. nice. All right. Well, we are rounding the bend here, actually, and into the very last segment, something called a crystal ball segment. As the name implies, we're looking towards the future of trans predictions so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And usually the segment represents technology. You know, it's how it's shaping and shifting the processes of work or having an impact. And I'd love to know as far as what you do, you know, have there been any particular tools that you've been using along the way, you know, from a technological standpoint that make your work easier, you know, that, that are like a godsend to you. If you didn't have them, it would be absolutely hell. Oh yeah, definitely. First thing is my computer that I have in my little office space. That's been one of the greatest things I could use during this whole process because I can use Adobe Illustrator, um, which is really helpful for those tech packs I was talking about, as well as just general design stuff. And then Photoshop as well is one of those things that's really helpful in terms of designs for screen printing or, yeah, not really too much garment creation, but yeah, Photoshop definitely handy. And then one of the new things that I'm trying to get into is the 3D stuff. This one program that allows me to create virtual garments. And yeah, that's one way you can really get samples done without actually having to order them from your manufacturer. So yeah, that's another reason why I'm playing around with those. It's just because it'll help with backpacks. But the other thing with that is uh, you can then have those designs be in the metaverse and you can have virtual characters wearing your clothing design. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to go along with the metaverse, I just think it would be super cool to see Ignis clothing in some of my favorite video games. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. So, yeah, I feel that all of that kind of some synergy there right yeah, yeah. yeah. you can yeah. kind of bridge the, the the virtual world with you know the the real world essentially by doing something like that it's always yeah. fascinating to me like this segment always represents something different to, to each guest you know obviously that their industry what they're involved in and sometimes like i have assumptions just general awareness of, of where things are at but like what you just told me there sort of yeah, I mean, it surprises me, but it doesn't surprise me because like the technology is there, right, to do these things. And it makes complete sense that that industry would have evolved to to allow for this to occur. But like even acknowledging all of that, it sort of strikes me every now and then that like, you know, the future is now. <laughs> you know what I mean, right. like the future isn't way off in the distance. Like we're living it's in it right now. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. right now. And it's just shifting and changing so quickly that like this, you know, you could be or you mm-hmm. are, you are designing a clothing brand that has functionality within the real world, people actually wearing it, but then also potentially, you know, down the line within, you know, the, the virtual worlds and, and whatnot. So yeah. Yeah, that's super, super cool. Yeah. And this actually leads into my last question, actually, you know, what, what is your vision moving forward for 
your clothing brand fragrance clothing like is it this blend between these two worlds or are you just going to focus on the actual clothing itself initially and then sort of like dip your toes into digital stuff or, or what maybe you could share that with listeners right yeah so my end goal as i mentioned before is just to kind of be on that level of off white and having that luxury slash streetwear slash everyday stuff that you wear but also that idea of virtual fashion is definitely in there as well um i've been seeing a lot of stuff about virtual fashion shows and like minecraft just did a collab with burberry really yeah yeah crazy so that's one of the things that's definitely up there on my whiteboard creating digital collections for the virtual space it's exciting it's exciting no doubt no doubt and uh yeah certainly a lot of possibilities there as illustrated by you know much of what you shared and uh with that in mind i mean it's been an absolute pleasure and i really enjoyed this conversation i'm sure listeners will too like the uh the dose of inspiration i think for a lot of people you know just getting out there and doing it and then finding yourself along the way and how other opportunities can evolve so yeah i can't thank you enough for taking some time and joining the program yeah thanks for having me well for those interested in learning more about ian and his work you can check him out on his website ignisclothing.com that's i-g-n-i-s clothing.com also you can find him on instagram and tiktok and for reference all this information will be included in the show notes and also too i mean if you liked the show itself please be sure to share i mean it goes a long ways tell a friend you can also rate review and subscribe wherever you access your podcast and then head on over to YouTube. In the last year, I did launch a channel over there. Still trying to grow it out. So I really would appreciate a subscribe there if you've got a second. And then finally, don't forget to tune into the next episode of Life As A, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Until next time, stay curious about life and living.